Welcome to First Words, a podcast presented by the First United Methodist Church of Florence. Today's message is brought to you by Associate Pastor Rev. Dr. Terry Stubblefield. October 24th, 2021, No Greater Love, Part 3. Welcome to our podcast. This is Terry Stubblefield from First United Methodist Church in Florence, Alabama. This month is Stewardship Month, and today we're talking about no greater love, compassionate service. In John 13, 12 through 15, we read, When Jesus had finished washing their feet, he put on his cloak and returned to his place. Do you understand what I've done for you, he asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that's what I am. But now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should also wash one another's feet. I've set for you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Now, the Bible tells us to love one another. We know that. It sounds good, but can we do it? It's been said that we might say, I love the human race. It's people I can't stand. Even some people at church can be difficult to love. We sing the chorus, I'm so glad you're a part of the family of God. And then we look at somebody in the sanctuary and we want to sing, I'm surprised you're a part of the family of God. Well, in today's text, Jesus asked after he did the part of a servant when he washed the disciples' feet, do you know what I've done for you? I've given you an example. Just as I have done for you, you must do for others. This is the message you've heard from the beginning, he says in 1 John 3, 11, we should love one another. Now, God indeed gives us the priorities or the freedom to set our priorities. Yet Jesus defines some of the priorities we need to adopt. In Matthew 22, 37 through 39, Jesus said, The greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And the second is to love your neighbor as yourself. Now, this is not a gray area. Jesus gave love priority over all other Christian virtues. Every thought, every response, every action must pass through the filter of love. Martin Luther King, in his book, Strength to Love, said, Our responsibility as Christians is to discover the meaning of this commandment and seek passionately to live it out in our daily lives. But why love? What makes love so important? Well, Jesus said in Matthew 22, 40, all the law and the prophets depend on the greatest commandments, that is loving God and loving your neighbor. So how did Jesus, Son of God, show us how to love? Well, in Matthew, we read about a man with a skin disease that others saw as an unclean man came to Jesus and said, Lord, if you will, Lord, if you want to, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and he said, I do want to become clean. We find over and over again, Jesus feeding hungry people, curing the sick, taught those wanting words from God and visiting the hurting. Jesus always showed compassion. Jesus saw a large crowd and he had compassion on them in Matthew 14. In Matthew 20, we read, Jesus had compassion on them, touched them, and healed them. In Mark 6, we read, Jesus had compassion on them because they were like lost sheep. Jesus called his disciples, saying, follow me. And he kept calling, even when he ran from Jesus at his arrest, and even after Peter denied even knowing Jesus. We more often think of obedience as the law hanging on a peg. After all, the point of writing and having laws is for us to obey the laws. Well, John 14, 15, Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. But Jesus also said, I give you a new commandment, 
love one another just as I have loved you. Now this all may sound irrelevant to our times when we depend on police departments and guns and force to uphold and fulfill the law. But maybe, just maybe, this simple command of Jesus, love one another, may take more strength than any of us naturally possess. Paul said, love does no wrong. Love is the fulfillment of the law in Romans 13, 10. Paul's logic sounds simple. If we love our neighbors, we won't commit adultery with their spouses. If we love our coworkers, we won't lie to them. If we love our enemies, we won't slander them. If we truly love other people, we will not want to hurt or violate them. Jesus and God establishes love as the reason for obedience. And love distinguishes us from the rest of the world. Now, I read about a third grade teacher in order to be inclusive and accepting, asked her students to bring something to show and tell that was important to their religion or their culture. Well, Ruth bought a Star of David and she explained its importance to the Jewish people as the shield of David and the signet of Solomon. Well, Peter Paul brought a crucifix on a necklace and explained the significance to the Catholic people of Jesus on the cross as both man and God. And then Kiara bought a picture, brought a picture of the lion capital, the state symbol of India, which means truth triumphs. Kareem brought a flag with a crescent and star, which is a symbol of Islam and is used to decorate buildings and mosques. And then finally, Johnny Joe stood before the class and said, I'm a Methodist and I brought a green bean casserole. Well, Jesus said, however, this is how everybody will know you're my disciples if you love one another. Jesus did not say that people would know you're my disciples if you wear a Christian t-shirt, a WWJD bracelet, if you vote a certain way, or you have a fish dick out on your car, but rather if you love one another. The world watches us, and the world is persuaded that we're Jesus' people not when we promote Christian values, but when we live incarnate the love of Jesus. From the very beginning, God's plan was to develop a people that reflected his character. In 1 John 4, 16 and 17, we read, God is love, and the ones who remain in love remains in God, and God remains in them. Believers are God's advertisement to the world how we should live best in the world. That kind of love makes a difference. Christ has no hands or feet, but our hands and feet. And people will notice love is indispensable. So how do we demonstrate love? Virtue is a moral action that is practiced. So how do we practice the virtue of love? Well, first of all, love always values the other person. Lust and gratification are counterfeits of love. Love is a wonderful feeling, but it's more than a feeling. Love acts for the benefit of others. Love is not for those who can give us something, but love looks to the well-being of others. Love is offering, not taking. God loved us not because we have something to offer, but because he has something to offer to us. God considers everyone to be of incredible value because everyone matters so much to God, they should matter to us also. Love is also vulnerable to others. Love opens up its life to another person. Love goes beyond sentimental feelings. Love breaks down barriers. Love exposes the heart. Think about Jesus. He left heaven to come to earth. And what did he get him? In 1 John 1, 11, he came into his own and they did not receive him. Imagine if you're home, away from home for a few days and you come home or nobody recognizes you or welcomes you. Jesus died for those who rejected him. His heart was broken, but he forgave them. 
Love is costly. And then, of course, we know love is expensive. Love gets its hands dirty. Love takes a chance. Love goes out on a limb. Love takes a gamble. Love makes a statement and does the unexpected. Love makes an impression on the soul. Christian love carries cost. True love always costs. If there's no cost, there's no love. Paul tells us in a Bible passage where the church is compared to the human body. If one part of the body hurts, the entire body hurts. If one part of the church hurts, the entire church hurts. Jaquiel O'Neal was seven foot one. He wore a size 22 shoe. He weighed when he was playing between 293 and 341 pounds. He was big and he was talented. He was an NCAA college All-American. The teams he was on won four NBA championships. He was in the NBA Finals and Most Valuable Player three times, and he was on 15 NBA All-Star teams. But the injury that kept him from playing the most is when his toes hurt. He had bone spurs. Toe pain kept Shaq off the court and out of the game. And that's what Paul is saying. When one of us hurts, even one of the small members, all of us hurt. In church community, we share casseroles, kindness, but we should also share struggles and pain. So to love others, to serve others with compassion, we need to keep our eyes, our hearts, and our schedules open for divine appointments. Let God work and stretch and change our hearts, teaching us to love others. Jesus showed us how, so we need to start today, this week. So may the words of God find a place in our hearts and make us better in every way. Thank you for listening to First Words. For information about our services or how to get involved in the community, visit us at fumcflorence.org and on facebook.com slash florencefumc.org.